each and every one of you today. And this morning we're going to continue in a series that we've been going through over these last few Sundays mor uh, Sunday mornings. And the series is called A New Beginning. And we've been looking uh, and we've been going through a journey through the book of Joshua. So if you've got a Bible this morning, can you turn to Joshua chapter 3 and verse 1 to 13. Joshua chapter 3 and verse 1 to 13. Joshua chapter 3 and verse 1 to 13. And it says, Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Do not go near it. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priests, take up the ark of the covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. And then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all of Israel, so that they might know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, When you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Joshua said to the Israelites, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will drive out all those before you, uh, before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Gergesites, Ammonites, and Jebusites. See, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as those priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. If you were with us last Sunday morning, we were looking at the faith of an individual in Joshua chapter 2. And this individual was Rahab, the most like, unlikeliest of persons to be used by God. Yet she trusted in God and God rescued her and she put incredible faith in God. And now we see there's a shift in the book of Joshua. The shift goes from just the faith of one individual person. And now we see the, uh, that we're looking at the faith of an entire nation. That the faith of the entire nation, of the people of Israel, in putting their trust in God. You know, as we see in this book of Joshua, this jo book of Joshua is not just a book of ancient history. Of what God did through the Jews thousands of years ago. But you know, this book, and I believe this with all my heart, this book is about your life. This book is about my life and the life of the church of today. Because I believe it's a book that shows us that our God is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And it shows us what God wants to do in and through those who trust him even today. Now, the book of Joshua is about the victory of faith about what happens when we put our trust in the living God and the glory that comes to God alone when we put our trust and our hope in Him. You know, I studied history, and this past week we've seen that A level, the A-levels and AS-level results came out, and all these people were celebrating. Some were crying because of the results they received this week. 
And you know, I was thinking even this week that I'm remembering back of the subjects that I was studying. And I studied A-level history. And it was, I've got to be honest, it was a bit of a slog. My parents know that it was difficult. I just about got a, a, a good grade in history. But there was one famous person that we studied in history that, that really stood out to me. And that was the British Prime Minister, Benjamin Disraeli. I'm sure many of you have heard of this Prime Minister. And there's one quote that, that always stuck with me, and that is, the world was never conquered by intrigue, it was conquered by faith. That was how the world was conquered. And that quote has always stuck to me. You know, in a Christian life, you're either an overcomer or you've been overcome. We've overcome, either we've overcome the enemy and we're on victory side and we belong to Jesus and we trust in him that he will give us the victory in all situations, that he will fight our battles, that he will be with us. Or we a person who is overcome by the troubles of this world, by the flesh, and by the enemy. In the Christian life, we're either a victim or we're a victor. And this morning, I pray that we would realize that through Jesus, through all that he has done, if we put our faith and our trust in him, then we belong on victory side this morning. That we don't have to be a victim of the enemy or the things of this world. But this morning, we can be more than conquerors in and through Christ Jesus. You know, Jesus didn't save us just so that we could be statues, just so that we could be put on an exhibition that we are Christians. But God saved us so that we might be soldiers for Jesus Christ. He saved us so that we might move forward in our faith. Not that we just come to church and sit in the pews, but that we might have a living faith in our God. That we might step out into all that God has planned for us. That we might move forward in our faith and that we might claim that incredible inheritance that God has promised for us in his word, as we've already spoken about this morning. You know, Moses, he said it perfectly in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 23. He said that God has brought us out that he might bring us in. God has brought us out of slavery, of sin, and he's adopted us into his family, into the glorious riches of all that he has. You know, the Apostle Paul, even he realized this in Philippians. As you speak into the, the, church, the Christians in Philippi, he said in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 to 14, Not that I have already obtained all of this, or that I have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But listen to this. One thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. This morning I want to declare that God has got so much more for us. There is so much more that God has planned for each and every one of us. If we belong to Jesus, then there is so much more that he has for us. If we think this morning that God has done everything that he has said for our lives, then we will be mistaken. Even within the life of this church, God has got so much more for us within the life of this church. God has got great plans for the life of us as a church. And I believe that God is calling us in this season to press forward into all that he has. Not just to sit in the pews and attend church and just give thanks to God every now and again. But to really seek after God. To seek after his plan and his will for our lives. To step out in faith and do incredible things for our God. You know, too many people today have mistaken salvation. Many people think that the salvation is it. That we've just been saved from the bondage of sin and that is all that is involved in the Christian life. That we put our trust and our faith in Jesus just to get in through the door, just to make sure that we're in heaven and that's it. 
And then we just have to attend church all, every now and again. But you know, the Bible tells us that salvation is only the beginning. Salvation is only the beginning for us who belong to Jesus. For there is so much more. God has so much more for our lives. If you think that you've just accepted Jesus as your Savior and that's it, then you are mistaken. God wants to use you. He wants to fill you by His Spirit. He wants to guide you. He wants to use you to see His kingdom come and His will be done here on earth. You know, both in our personal spiritual growth and in our service for the Lord, there is so much more land to possess for our God. There is so much more to step into if we would believe and if we would trust in him. You know, it's incredible. If you look at the book of Joshua and the book of Hebrews, it's very much, it's a very similar book and the theme is very similar in both books because in the book of Hebrews, it just says, let's go on. Let's persevere in our faith. Let's keep going. Let's not give up in our faith. Let's not just accept that Jesus has died on the cross for us and he's our Lord and Savior. Let's not just stop there, but let's press into all that God has for us and the riches that he has for us. You know, the only way, however, that we can go on in Jesus, the only way that we can go on in God and step into all that God has for us is by faith. It is by trusting in our God. You know, unbelief says, Let's go back. Let's just retreat back. Let's, oh, unbelief, it often says, let's just stay where we are. This is it. Let's just maintain. Let's just maintain church. Let's maintain 30 numbers on a Sunday. We're happy with that. Let's maintain having 80 people into our, into our midweek programs and not sharing the gospel. Let's just maintain having a nice club and going about things. But faith says, let's go out forward in God. Faith says, let's step into all that God has for us. Let's trust in our God. Let's believe that in our midweek meetings, we can see salvations. Let's believe that in our ministries during the week that we can see young people saved, children saved. Let's believe that in midweek meetings, we can see the sick healed. Let's believe that God can do incredible things on a Sunday. Let's believe that this building is too small to contain all that God is going to do within the life of this church. Faith says, let's step into all that God has. But unbelief says, let's stay where we are. You know, for, for 40 years, 40 years before, Joshua and Caleb, they had gone out and they spied out the land, this promised land. Moses had sent them out to spy out the promised land. And Joshua and Caleb said, let's go up. Let's take this land. Let's possess this land. God has given us this land. Let's enter into the promised land for we are able to overcome. You know, that's faith. We know what the people said. The people said that we're not able to overcome. They thought that there was giants living in the land because there was big cities with big walls. They thought that it was impossible to overcome that land. And you know, as a result of their unbelief, the people of Israel wandered around in the wilderness for 40 years. They wandered around in the wilderness for 40 years. They were right on the cusp of entering into all that God had for them, into the promised land. But because of unbelief, because of fear, they couldn't enter into all that God had for them. You know, it says in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4, it says, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. We're overcomers in Christ Jesus this morning. If we belong to Jesus, if we've accepted him as our Savior, then we are more than conquerors. We are overcomers this morning. We're not called to maintain. We're overcomers. We're called to be a people of faith. The Bible says that the just live by faith. We're called to be a people who walk in faith and not by sight. You know, one of the joys of my Christian life, one of the joys of, in growing in God has been reading biographies of great men and women of God who have gone before us. 
You know, and the incredible thing is, as I've looked at all these great men and women of God, you know, Charles Spurgeon, Leonard Ravenhill, all these greats, the Wesley brothers, all these incredible men of God, one of the things that has always stuck out to me is that their backgrounds were all different, all different. Their trainings were all different. Their personalities were different. The ways that they served God were different. But there was one thing in common with all these greats of the faith, and that is that they believed in God's promises and they, would, and they would step out and trust him and obey everything that he told them to do. Yes, they were brought up in different cultures, in different times of history, but they trusted God. They trusted his word, they trusted his promises, and they decided that whatever God says, we're going to obey and we're going to step out and we're going to trust in him. And God did incredible things through their lives. Revivals, lives transformed, people come in to know Jesus, the sick healed, those who are bound set free. You know, the, these men and women of faith, God honored them because they believed in his word. And this morning, the God that they served is the same God. Our God hasn't changed. The same God who used the Wesley brothers is our God. The God who used Leonard Ravenel is our God. The God who used Evan Roberts is our God. He's the same God. Our God hasn't changed. And also this morning, the principle of faith hasn't changed. If we trust in our God, but you know what seems to have changed today, what seems to have changed in our society, is the attitude of the people of God. You know, we believe, and I see it, and I can see it in our society, the people of God no longer believe that God can act on his promises and trust that he will act on his promises. We, we might pay lip service to it, but do we believe in our hearts that our God, everything that he's promised us, he will accomplish? that everything that he said will come to pass. Do we believe that this morning? I want to encourage us as a church. Our God's promises never fail. He's a promise-keeping God. Our promises fail. You know, I say to Chloe, yeah, I promise you all those Christmas gifts, Chloe, I promise you that. But, you know, my promises fail. Sorry, Chloe, I'll fail with that promise possibly. But our God's promises never fail. He's faithful to his word. But, you know, we can fail to live by the grace of God. We can fail to enter into all that God has for us because we don't believe that God can do what he has promised us. You know, God has brought us out this morning so that he might bring us in. If we think that this is all that God has planned for Gateway Church Cymru, then we're mistaken. God has saved us this morning because he wants to use us. He wants to fill us with the spirit and use us to impact our community. He wants us to be a shining light within our community that would spread the love and the good news of Jesus, that Jesus has come for all people so that we can have an eternity to him. But oh, so often we fail to enter because of unbelief. And so this morning we see in Joshua chapter 3, the beginning of this chapter, and in chapter 4 as well, God illustrates three essentials for us if we are to move forward in faith. How many of you this morning want to move forward in your faith? How many of you are fed up of being where you are in your faith? How many of you want to step out and see all that God has planned and promised for your life? I know I do this morning. I want to see all that God has planned for my life. I want to see all that God has promised for this church. I want to see it come to pass. I'm fed up of just staying where we are. I want to press forward in our faith. So how do we do it? What are the three essentials that we need if we're going to move forward in faith? Well, this morning, you'd be glad to hear that we're only going to look at one essential this morning. We're going to look at the first thing, and then in a few weeks' time, we're going to look at the others too. So we're going to look at the first thing that we need if we're going to move forward in faith. And that first thing that we need is the word of faith. 
We need a word from the Lord if we're going to move forward in faith. We need the word of faith. As we see there in Joshua chapter 1, verse 3, uh, verse 1, Joshua chapter 3, verse 1 to 13. We see at the beginning of this passage that the nation, they were waiting on the edge of the Jordan River. They were waiting to enter into the promised land. And I'm sure that as they were waiting by the banks of the River Jordan, they were wondering, what's, what's Joshua planning to do? How are we going to cross over this Jordan River into the promised land? How is this going to ask them? Surely Joshua wasn't going to ask them to swim across the Jordan River to get into the promised land. Surely he wasn't going to do that. Especially because the river was at flood stage as we read in verse 15 of this passage. It was flood, at flood stage. They didn't have enough time to, to construct boats or to build rafts to cross over the river to get the people over the other side. And part, um, mainly because there was a million people waiting to cross over to enter into the promised land. So they couldn't do that. And not only that, if they made boats and they decided to float across the river, then they would be easy targets for their enemies. The enemies would come and would kill them. So what would their new leader do? How would the, these people, all these people, cross into the promised land, into all that God had for them? Well, just like his predecessor, just like Moses, Joshua, he knew that he had to get a word from God. Joshua received his orders from the Lord, and he obeyed those orders by faith. You know, the Bible says in Romans 10 verse 17, the faith comes by hearing and the word, hearing of the word of God. Faith comes when we hear the word of the Lord. Faith comes. You know, that's why it's important for us to get into the word of God. You might think it's a big, boring book. You might think, I've read through this book a million times, but this is not a boring book. This is a living book. And God can speak to us through this book. He longs to speak to us through his word. You know, I've read through passages time and time again, and I haven't seen anything. I've just gone through them. But then on another time, when I've prayed over the word, all of a sudden that same passage that I've read has come to life, and God and faith has been built into my heart. Faith comes by hearing. You know, it's been well said that faith is not believing in spite of evidence, but obeying in spite of consequence. You know, it's easy to believe when you see something, isn't it? It's easy to believe that God is a God who heals when we see someone being healed from a sickness. It's easy to believe that God is able to save when we see people getting saved on a Sunday. It's easy to see God do those things. It's easy to believe then and trust in him. But faith isn't that. Faith is believing that God will do what he has said. Faith is believing in the unseen. It's believing, it's stepping out and trusting in God in spite of the consequence. It's saying, I don't know what's going to happen, God, but I trust in you. I trust that you have it all planned. I trust that you are going to do what you have said you were going to do. You know, when you read Hebrews chapter 11, that great chapter of faith, you see all these different people that are used by God, that did incredible things by God. You know, the incredible thing is you look at all these people, their faith, it wasn't a passive feeling. Their faith was an active force. It was an active force within their lives. It says, because Abraham believed God, what did he do? He left the Ur of Chaldees and headed for Canaan. He believed God, so he acted on it. He headed into that land. Because Moses believed God, he defied the gods of Egypt and led the people of Israel out of slavery, out of bondage. Because Gideon believed in God, he led a small army of 300 people to defeat over 33,000 Midianites. That is what they did. That is what he did. You know, living faith always leads to action. 
Faith always leads to action. If you believe that God is going to do something in your life, then you're going to step out and trust that he will do it. If God says to move to another country, then you step out and trust that he says that you're going to go to that country. If God says that he's got a job for you, then you're going to step out in faith and believe and step out. Faith always leads to action. You know, it says in James chapter 2 verse 26. James chapter 2 and verse 26. I think I wrote that down right. It says, in the same, uh, yeah, as the body without spirits is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Faith without action is dead. We, faith is living. Faith is an active force. Faith doesn't mean I'm just going to turn up to church on Sunday and just go through the motions. Faith says, I'm going to believe that as I come to church, I'm going to meet with God. I'm going to believe that God is going to answer in my situation. I'm believing that as we gather together, new people are going to come and get saved. That's what faith is. Faith is trusting in God. You know, I'm standing here this morning as the pastor of this church, not because I've worked my way into being here, not because I've bribed Paul or the trustees to, come, to, to be the pastor of this church. I'm here this morning because at the age of 18, whilst reading my Bible, I heard the call of God. But you know, I had to do something about that. There was a call. I heard it as I was reading even Joshua chapter 1. As I was reading through that passage, I sensed the Lord was calling me into ministry as I read that passage. And you know, I had to do something with that. Was I going to ignore that word or was I going to act on that word? Was I going to trust God? Was I going to believe in him? You know, God confirmed that word many, many times over and over again. But I had to step out on faith. I had to step out in faith and trust that God was calling me. And you know, I can say this morning that as I did that, I didn't have to open any door. I didn't have to force any door open. Like I said, I didn't have to bribe anyone to be here this morning. You might think, oh yeah, Pastor Luke, there was nobody else around maybe. But you know, I believe with all my heart that as I've trusted in him, as I've surrendered my life to him, you know, God opened doors. He began to open doors. He did it. I didn't have to do it. He did it. He provided everything that I needed. God has guided me every step of the way. And you know, I know this morning that God is going to provide everything that I'm going to need as well. That God is going to lead and he's going to guide me every step of the way for the rest of my life. Because he's a faithful God. I know, as I've said, I didn't do anything. I just stepped out in faith. And I said, God, here I am. Use me. And God opened the doors. And here I am today. I'm a testament of that. I'm just stepping out. When I heard the word of faith, just stepping out. I was scared. I was frightened. I want you to know that. I was scared and frightened to do this. It's a daunting thing to do this. The responsibility that comes with it. The attacks that you get. The pressures that you get from doing this. It's a difficult task. But I know that my God will meet every need. I know that God will guide me. I know he'll lead me. I know he'll open up doors. I know that as I put my trust in him and as I surrender my life to him, he will lead me. And he's done that in my life. And so these people, they were on the banks of the river. They were about to enter into the promised land. And then they received a word. They were scared, they were frightened, then they received a word. And it's interesting, in these, just in these first 13 verses, we're not going to read them again, but in these first few verses, there's five different messages come that are all based on the word of God, which is the word of faith. As they're waiting on the banks of the river, five different words come that are all in line with the word of God. First of all, the officers, they give a message to the people in verse 1 to 4. You can read that for yourself. Then Joshua gives a message to the people in verse 5. Then we see Joshua, he gives a message to the priests. And we're going to read this one. The message that the Lord gives to Joshua in verse 7 to 8. And it says, And the Lord said to Joshua, 
Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. So there was a word from the Lord. The Lord was instructed. The Lord was guiding Joshua. And then finally, in verse 9 to 13, you can read this for yourself again. Joshua, he gives a message to the people. He follows the instructions of God. You know, as we study these five messages, as you look at these, you can see that the Lord gave the people of Israel, the Lord gave Joshua everything that they needed to accomplish what he wanted them to do. They were going to enter into the promised land, but God was going to give them every single instruction. He was going to guide them every step of the way. God was going to provide everything that they needed as they entered into the promised land. What did the people have to do? They simply had to fulfill and to obey the orders. They had to obey the word of God. They had to obey these messages and trust in God and act on them. Act on the messages that they heard and believe in those promises. And we see, as we'll see next time, as they were waiting, they finally entered into the promised land. The Jordan rivers, they parted. God parted the Jordan, the river Jordan. And they, all these people crossed into the promised land. God did it as they obeyed his instructions. You know, I want to say this morning as we come to a conclusion, God always gives his word of faith to his people whenever he asks us to follow him into new areas of conflict or conquest. Whenever God wants us to enter into something new, whenever God wants us to go somewhere different or to do something new, I want to encourage you this morning that God will always give a word of faith. God will always speak to you as you enter into that new season of life. God will always give you a word when you go into that new venture. You know, God's commandments are still, in his, are still his enablements, and God's promises do not fail. God's promises do not fail this morning. So if God is asking you this morning to step into something new, step out in faith, know this morning that he will give you all that you need. He will give you every guidance, every step that you need. He will give you every instruction that you need. He will provide for you all that you need as you trust in him. And Joshua and the people, they obey these messages by faith. And like I said, they crossed over the river Jordan. As we come to a conclusion this morning, as we come to an end this morning, I want to share just the counsel of King Jehoshaphat and of Solomon as well, many centuries ago, which I believe are applicable today. The first one from King Jehoshaphat, this is what he said in 2 Chronicles 20 and verse 20. 2 Chronicles 20 and verse 20. It says, Early in the morning they left the desert to Koa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. That's what Jehoshaphat said to the people. Put your faith in God, and God will hold you. He will uphold you. He will give you all that you need. All those years ago, Jehoshaphat said that. In 1 Kings, verse 8, in 1 Kings 8, verse 56, this is what Solomon said after he was praying and giving thanks to God for the temple. He says, Praise be to the Lord, who has given rest to his people Israel, just as he promised. Not one word has failed of all the good promises he gave through his servant Moses. 
God is a God who keeps his promises. God is a God who is faithful to his word. Just as Solomon declared, just as Jehoshaphat declared, I want to declare this morning that God is a God who keeps his word. He will fulfill every promise that he has said this morning. And I want to encourage each and every one of us, start stepping out in faith. Start stepping into all that God has for you. Seek God for direction in your life. Ask God, God, what do you want me to do? Where can I serve? Where can I help? And obey him and step out in faith and see what God will do through your life. See what God will do in and through your life life today. As I've read this, you know, the Lord is challenging me and he's encouraging me to step out in faith. We are moving forward as a church. This is a new season for us as a church. We are believing we're going to enter into that promise that God has for the church that the latter days will be greater than the former days. We're stepping into that. We are believing that the backsliders are going to return. We are trusting in his promise. So this morning, Hear the word of the Lord. Hear the, hear the word of faith. Step out in faith. Receive it and step into all that God has for your life. And watch what God will do in and through you. Amen. Shall we pray?